everybody, welcome back to the Move Plus, another special edition, mini edition of the podcast. We are talking about stage 14 at the Volta Espana, another mountain stage through the Pyrenees. Uh, equally as, confound, as confounding and exciting, Remco Evenepoel destroys everyone, gets in a 100-plus kilometer breakaway, pulls all day, drops everybody, drops Roman Bardet, wins the stage. Incredible ride. Begs a lot of questions about what happened yesterday, what's going on, where does he go from here? GC was pretty muted with uh, Juan trying to attack behind, but not really able to put any of the Yumbo leaders into trouble. We'll throw it over to Johan to get his take. But first, let's take a break to hear from our sponsor. The Move Plus is sponsored by Manscaped, the global leaders in men's below-the-waist grooming. For those who don't know, April is Testicular Cancer Awareness Month, but that hasn't stopped Manscaped from spreading awareness for testicular cancer all year long. With help from the Testicular Cancer Society, Manscaped is bringing back their special edition TCS Lawnmower 4.0 trimmer. This will be the last launch of this collectible, so be sure to pick yours up before they're gone for good. Use code THEMOVE to get 20% off plus free shipping at manscaped.com. Join the movement and the other 9 million men who trust Manscaped. And just before we go, remember, get 20% off plus free shipping with code THEMOVE at manscaped.com. All right, Johan, what do you think? What's your big takeaway from this Remco Evanopol performance? I'm like Sean Kelly over here trying to say Rui Oliveira, but... Yesterday, I thought, well, there's the big mountains that mountain mountains got him. He's not a great high mountain climber. This is just what he is. Well, today kind of proved that wrong. There was two HC climbs finished on a cat one. He looks pretty good to me. What do you think of this? This was an amazing ride, but what does this say about yesterday? Yeah, well, I honestly, Spencer, I don't know what happened yesterday. Still don't understand. And, and as we said yesterday on outcomes, you know, would, yesterday we we, tr- we played around with the idea. Well, would would Evenepoel be able to bounce back and and win the stage today? And I said, you know what? Mm, probably not the day after such a big defeat. Man, was I wrong? Um, so I mean, incredible performance today. Um, I think you know we've watched it. He was in the breakaways from the start, and then basically was on a mission. You know, there was, I don't think it was anybody stopping him, but, but I heard Romain Bardet, who was there with him for the majority of the ride after the stage. And I think his comments kind of, uh, paint a real picture of, of how strong he was. He said, he said, you know, I, it was a privilege for me to be there and witness this incredible performance. Uh, I now understand how sometimes he can have those days and go on these rides going out from very far and nobody can catch him. He said that on the wheel, um, even, I mean, on the wheel of Remco, there's almost no draft. He's very, so aerodynamic. And he was basically outputting the same watts as if he was pulling. Um, so I was surprised to see that. I mean, of course it's, it's, it's good for the race. I think it's especially good for him. Uh, he knows his GC is over, you know, the, the, at the end, the tour of Spain will be a defeat for him because he, he won't win it. Right. And if you, if you're the defending champion and you don't win it, then it's, it's not a success. Um, so I don't know yesterday what happened. Um, personally, I have a little bit of doubt about his planning of the season. Uh, but that would not explain, you know, all of a sudden such a, such a, big dip in his performance and then the day after bouncing back and, and doing such an incredible ride. So um, I think they'll have to analyze, you know, what happened and, and and maybe they won't know. Maybe they won't find out. But 
what's sure is that today he showed that he's a special guy. You know, he's a guy of extreme performances. Um, he's already shown us on many occasions that, you know, when he has something in his mind, he goes for it and, and he's, you know, sometimes untouchable. And then on the other hand, when he has a bad day, he has a really bad day, which is definitely not a good thing for somebody who wants to be a Tour de France uh, contender. Um, so there's still work to be done there. But, you know, if you look at today's performance, it's like, wow, I think uh, the breakaway companions of Remco and especially Bardet were in awe. And, and I'm pretty sure that the guys in the, in the group of favorites were also in awe because there was a point where uh, UAE were pulling pretty hard and he kept putting time in them. So I think that shows how strong he was today. Yeah, I think Roman Bardet and I have had the same thought of like, what? just get on his wheel. What's the problem? Why is everyone letting this guy go? Well, Roman Bardet got on the wheel. Perfect drive, by the way, by Bardet. Ebenepoel split it, rode away. You're like, man, this is this is great for Bardet. But yeah, it showed just the uniqueness of Ebenepoel. To be able to put out those watts and you, no one's getting a draft behind you, it means you can win these really long stages with the like sitting on the front, this is kind of how you would imagine winning a stage, like as a kid riding around, like, oh, I'm just going to pop everyone off my wheel and win, mm. but it doesn't really work like that in reality, but it does for Remco. I'm kind of left with two minds about it. I mean, obviously impressive from a physical perspective, this was ridiculous. And the fact that he was so aggressive at the beginning and you rarely see that someone just telegraphing, they want to be in the breakaway, driving the breakaway, I think he was in every move that went at the beginning on the flat. Like that never works to be able to mm -hmm. do that. Really impressive. But it, it kind of makes me wonder if the same thing that made him win today, just this like, explosive personality and physicality is what also causes him to have extremely bad days as he's had. If you remember his first Giro 2021, I guess, I mean, it's hard to even judge him on the Giro this year because he got COVID, but than yesterday where it's just like, where, where was this guy yesterday? Like what exactly mm -hmm. is going on there? But maybe that's just, he's always living on the edge emotionally. And that's, you know, I, it, from one head case to another, like maybe just on the climb yesterday, that opening climb, like, oh, this is pretty hard. I'm not used to this. And they just kind of short circuited and rode in 27 minutes down. But I can't help but think, what if he, like Almeida also got dropped in the first climb yesterday. Like what if Evanapol could have limited his losses to five, six minutes yesterday and then he's potentially back in it by chipping away with breakaways. I mean, he's not well, going to get know, in today's they, breakaway, you know, if, he, if he only loses five minutes yesterday, he wouldn't have, they wouldn't have let him go that far today. You know, let's, you know, we have to face it. Uh, incredible performance, but the, peloton, the the group of favorites never actually chased him, right? They they rode tempo, but they didn't actually come into a position where they chased him to to diminish the the difference because there was nobody dangerous in the breakaway. Uh, and when UAE started to pull, they were not chasing the break; they were trying to put the hard the hurt on the on the group of favorites for Ayuso to attack. Uh, if if Remco yesterday is in Almeida's position. He, he does not get that much time today. You're probably right. That That's a good point. But two questions for you. A, have you ever seen this before? A GC contender to blow up so spectacularly, come back, win the next day. And then have you ever oh, I mean, seen anyone? Uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, we have to say it. Land is 2006. 
there's you know, landed 2006, but he was still, but he, I would disqualify, like he was still in GC contention. Same with Froome in 2018 at the Giro. I don't know if yeah. I've ever seen a contender, like even think Jan Ulrich, 98. He has that terrible day. Pantani wins. The next day, Ulrich come, comes out and wins the stage. But he, I think he was still second in GC. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I've ever seen anyone go that far out of GC. And then, you know, maybe like Richard Carapaz last year. But second part of my question, have you ever seen anyone suffer that and then kind of return as a consistent GC winner in the future? It's difficult to say, man. Listen, he, he has won the Vuelta so last year. So, you know, he, he, he is, he has qualities to, to be up there. Uh, you know, all the diff, all the, the, the Grand Tours are different. You know, you could say the competition last year was not the same as this year. Very true. Um, I still think that there's work to be done for Remco Evenepoel. Uh, a lot of work to be done on a lot of different, in a lot of different areas. I think season planning needs to be looked at um, really, really, really uh, seriously. And um, his handling of the emotions, both, you know, on one side of the spectrum and on the other side of the spectrum, you know, and uh, because at the end of the day, it's all of this goes into a bucket, you know, and, and you waste energy, whether it's physical or mental, you, you waste energy. And I think there, it could be a big challenge because I think he's an extremely strong personality, has uh, a lot of character, and uh, it could be that that's, you know, if you don't know how to handle certain things, because not that's not just in the races. I, 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 he's, in, he's like this in, in, in normal life also. You know, he's, he's a strong-willed guy, and uh, it takes a lot out of you. So I, I think there's, there's work to be done there on the, you know, teaching him some Zen strategies to, uh, to get calm and save energy. Which you've done. I mean, you've, you've directed strong-willed GC leaders throughout your career. I mean, is that something you would focus on? Like trying to get them to chill out? And I mean, as you're saying, it's like the bucket, like the, we've learned the bucket lesson endless times since uh, the COVID break in 2020. It seems like every grand tour since then, the rider that's put out the most emotional energy done the most in the first week has not won those grand tours. Like what strategies did you use as a director to get your leaders to kind of calm down, I guess, for a lack well, of a better word? You know, it's not an easy task. You know, it's not an easy task. I mean, I, I didn't do anything specifically uh, other than trying to know these guys really well and know which buttons to push at which moment. And especially, you know, as a standard, always trying to hold them back, always trying to hold them back in any in any situation whether it's in the race whether he wants to attack whether it's with the media and man let me tell you it's not an easy task because one of the key you know qualities of of those big guys is that they are such strong personalities and uh it's it's not always easy but i i think in remco's case there's still a lot of things that can be done to make him more calm and and uh I don't know. I mean, the team, you know, pro- I mean, my job probably was the biggest part of my job was to create an environment around those leaders that they felt okay, that they felt safe, that they felt that they were well protected and that everything was under control. And and in my opinion, 
for the moment, that's lacking a little bit in uh, in Ramco's team. I would agree a hundred percent. And one team that's not lacking in that Yumbo Visma, I mean, they looked not troubled at all by today. No. Even when Juan Ayuso attacked them, I applaud them for trying. It was a little sad afterwards because it's like, well, now we're all stuck together for the next sixty k. <laughs> <laughs> what do we do here? Um, it seems like it, it seems very daunting for anyone to try to overturn them because the team is so strong. I mean, the the only. I guess thing I could think of is 2015, I, I believe. Remember Tom Dumoulin was leading the race and he's, he appeared unbeatable and then he just collapsed on stage 20, I think it yeah, was. But here you have, but, but yeah, but Spencer, here you have three guys. Yeah, yeah. and that's there the is, big difference. There is no way, there is no way that Jumbo Visma is going to lose this Vuelta. There's no way. There's just nobody who can distance all these three guys, you know. I do, however, think that it's more and more likely I'm starting to really be quite uh, comfortable with the fact that Sepkus will win this Vuelta. Uh, and of course, it is also with the, the agreement and, and, uh, of, of both Vingegaard and, uh, and Roglic. Uh, but from what you can hear out of this, their comments after the race, they want Sep to win. Uh, and it would be, I think it would be amazing. It would be very cool for the team. I mean, what, it's actually like the best case scenario for the team winning three grand tours with three different riders. It shows you take care of the guys who work hard for you. I was a little unclear yesterday after the stage. It was hard to read Roglic. He didn't seem that excited, but I think he was just wasted today. He, he seemed quite happy for Sepkus and Sepkus yeah. does look, I think he looks stronger in the Jersey every day. Yeah. It is hard to imagine him losing it at this point. Yeah. It's the Angli Ru. The Angli Ru is going to decide um you know that's that's the hardest climb still in the race and um it's it's ideal sepkus terrain so you remember who had to wait for primos roglic the last time he raced up the angerlu or sepkus sepkus so it probably won't have any problems but it it is the one that in stage 20 i guess in theory could be a raid but with jumbo so strong not not, not for jumbo visma i it's 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 around the corner here uh, close to Madrid, Th- those climbs, it's you know, easy, easy for, I mean, not easy, but with that team, <laughs> with that yeah, team yeah. there is no, there is nothing going to happen to the Jumbo Visma on stage 20. That, that seems, um, that seems like a reasonable take. Well, Johan, do you have anything else to add before we take off? No, that's it. I mean, super, super exciting. Uh, yeah, let's see what Evanapool does. You know, now he's also, let's, I mean, we didn't talk about that. He's now in the King of the Mountains jersey. So I don't know if he's going to make that a goal. Um, it's his sixth different jersey he's wearing in this Vuelta uh, already since, since since the start. Um, but yeah, I mean, probably that's going to be one. I mean, one. Of, he's, tra- he's definitely going to try again to win another stage knowing, knowing him. <laughs> we, uh, we might have to phone Lance Armstrong and ask him how he feels about washing out of the GC and chasing KOM. But <laughs> I, I actually would like to see him go for the points jersey. Yeah, I don't think it's... He said, he's not, he, he, he said he's not interested. Ah, that would be, more, yeah. I think that would be fun to watch. But um, we'll go over to outcomes and predict tomorrow's stage 15, which is the final stage before the rest day on Monday. And then we get into the final week. Okay. Thanks, Spencer. All right. Thank you. And I think we'll be back tomorrow for another mini show after stage 15. Yeah.